Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot. Where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Welcome home, Brains. There's only one requirement to hang out on the edge, is that you open your big brain and close your small mind. Did you bring your thinking caps? It's time to put them on, because the conversation starts in Tasmania. I am the gateway to the Antarctic. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. I had a, I had a feeling when I flew over Tasmania, uh, something about souls and energy made me cry. Wow. Yeah, it was very, very powerful. I didn't think, you know, I was on my way to Australia. I didn't think that I was going to feel any kind of way, but there was a certain I felt like I was going through like a, a vortex, uh, an energy field. I, I don't know what it was, but I thought about the souls that had lived there before and the indigenous people that were there. Mm-hmm. And um, just, I, I don't know what it was. It's a certain energy. And I feel that about Australia, New Zealand, and Tasmania. Uh, Mary Angela, you are like a goddess over there. Everybody loves you. They know who you are. They respect <laughs> you. They hold you in the highest regard. Please tell my brains. Oh, brains, I'm sorry. I forgot to do the introduction. I got so excited. I've been waiting to interview her. This is Mary Angela Pergodi from Tasmania. Pergodi. <laughs> Wait, Pergodi? Pergodi. Pergodi. Okay. Mary Angela Pergodi from Tasmania. And we're going to talk about her book. We're going to talk about her gifts and what she's pouring into other individuals around the world. I'm so excited to have her here on the edge. Mary Angela, please tell my brains how you show up in the world. Well, I show up as an author, as a healer, as an intuitive. And it's interesting you stumbled across my surname because originally my father was born in Italy. And so here I live well, I was born in Chile, so I've travelled. My my name has travelled all around the world. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So now here I am in the gateway of the Antarctic, to Antarctica, to, um, yeah, connect those people, those souls that are really looking for shamanic healing, to connect to the land and to open up to those portals. That's one of my superpowers is able to connect to trees and open up the ley lines to give healing to the earth and to activate our our awareness our gifts from past lives where we have been medicine women and shamans and should I say the word witches you know they were labeled or so many women were labeled mislabeled that word to keep us suppressed so for me it's all about empowering women and activating their gifts so that they can help and heal their bodies and then be of service to their family and communities and so the book I wrote Right. Yeah, I know. We're <laughs> going to talk about that in just a minute. But uh, tell individuals that don't know, what is a shamanic healer? A shaman travels between worlds. It I do soul retrieval. So a lot of times we have stress in the body and our soul disconnects from our body and it can travel into the past or the future. Often through trauma, it can just stay floating around and up there we can get really contaminated with stress, anxiety, worry, pick up on the global worries of the world. So I travel to connect that soul and bring it back to the body. 
so that they are working more here. It's also about connecting more with the land and being more embodied so that they can connect to the healing that the we we have available to us from the trees, the mountains, the sun, the just the whole world. So I just love that. I love when I can connect people back up to themselves because then they don't feel like they're lost or disconnected or they don't belong. You know, right. But then there's a new awakening too that they have to adjust to because they're they will never be the same. Yes. Uh, That's I right. Have a few uh, metaphysical energy, however people want to view it, experiences myself, and um, it has really changed the trajectory of my life. There, it helps me complete what I think I wasn't able to complete in past journeys, but also set an expectation on what I want to do towards the future. Um, when did you realize that you had this gift and how do you, uh, you know, how do you tether yourself down? Because it's a lot of responsibility. You're connecting with a lot of energy, a lot of source. You're doing a lot of channeling. How does that work for you? As a child, I was exhausted. I was depressed. I was anxious. I was absorbing everything. I didn't know that that's what I was doing. I was a little empath, a little healer, absorbing everybody's problems. Um, when my mum got diagnosed with cancer, I was feeling her pain. I was 16 at the time. I think that was part of my awakening, you know, her dying and going through chemo and, and all those problems of seeing, you know, my mum just, you know, just diminish in her life force. That was when I started to look, you know, how can I, I was so depressed. You know, there was always a starting point to take you on your journey is like, how can I heal my depression? How can I feel my, heal my anxiety? Because I was just so stressed with my father that was very dominating, very controlling. And I found my way through meditation, but normal meditation didn't work for me. My mind was so busy. I had all these negative thoughts. I was very judgmental of myself. And I found that singing was my way. Singing was, and breathing through the singing was actually lifted me up. I felt so much better when I sang. That was actually healing my body without my mind needing to analyze it all. Use Now I know using the breath and the sound can help vibrate some of that stuck emotion so that's what actually helped to help to settle my voice down but I left when my um shortly after my mum died moved to Tasmania with my new husband and he everything got stirred up we I live on an island lots of emotions I think you were mentioning before we started here you flew over Tasmania and had a lot of emotions lot whether of it yeah, whether it is the convicts that lived here or the Aboriginal energy, but things come to the surface here. So this is where I started doing a lot of chakra breathing and singing through the through my body, and that opened me up. My first son was born. He was allergic to the world, allergic to chemicals, allergic to um, creams, allergic to the milk I was feeding him because of the food. And so that was my second awakening. I just felt like, oh, my God, there is still more struggle here. <laughs> I didn't sleep. I was exhausted. I kept asking for help. I kept asking for help. And it was about me realising I can't look for answers outside of me. My answers are inside. So I started to um, work through meditation a lot more and and use my pendulum at that time, develop my knowing, my inner knowing, my clear cognizant abilities. Why, do, why can't he sleep? 
why is he screaming all the time why is he allergic so I've got a biomedical science degree so because I was able to systematically work through different body parts looking at the origins of you know what if what has he inherited from me you know what have what have I taken on that he is manifesting now in eczema and asthma and severe you know severe eczema the, the sheets are blood filled so you know it was and he ended up in hospital numerous times where he nearly died because of his asthma so it was so intense so life-threatening that it was like oh I've got to work this out I've got to find answers right, for right. this boy so it was like my schooling was like driving me into this intensity of finding these answers and I just kept asking for help and this is where I realized I had healing my dad had healing I had inherited the healing and I just had to put that onto his body I had to just look at where my beliefs had infected his beliefs so I was able to release that and resolve that through yeah through healing through remedies I was studying naturopathy at that time so I was able to apply a lot of nutrients to his body and heal him through epigenetics changing what he had inherited, what I had inherited. Right, I think I, I was I was just thinking that because there's a lot of epigenetics there. You say through your father and you know what happened and you being an empath, you are again you're, yeah. you're a conduit and it's coming through you and it came through your child. Is he okay now? Yep. Yep. He's 24, really strong, healthy, beautiful skin, wow. <laughs> great lungs. Yeah. So it's great to That's see cool. that, you know, there is a, a result, you know. Obviously, I, I, it was much better earlier, but now that he's 24, but it was a big, big, big trip, really. And I said, yeah, my dad, he had left Italy before the World War II. There was a lot of problems coming, so they left the politics. They moved to Chile in South America. It was fine for a while. Then they had to leave the politics again because it was communism, and then they left and moved to um, Australia, to Sydney. So there's a there was like this persecution energy that there is no safe place so I did, had to do a lot of healing around that yeah. so well, for me you're very psychic and intuitive uh, that I hear as well where do you see us headed I really believe in my heart I have a huge Australian New Zealand and Tasmanian following um, I really believe that that region of the world is a vortex um, that it is a channel to 5G, if not beyond. Um, the world after COVID will never be the same. People are still thawing out. They are still apprehensive. They are still scared. Or they've reverted back to their same old ways as if nothing ever happened. Like there's nothing going on. The universe is watching us, allowing us to travel, as you say, through time and space and energy, and to be aware what is your gauge? What is your feeling about that and, and where we're headed as a, a society? You're so right about the fear consciousness that's been impregnated into all of us for the last three years. It's just everywhere you look, it's just constantly in fear. I know with my clients and my community that I empower healers or empaths so that they become a channel of light, a beacon of light. And we are all in that same term or we're all healing our past traumas. And that as we connect more to the land, we can channel that healing back into the earth because Mother Gaia is the one that's also shifting with climate. And 
I can see that in the clients that I work with, that we are now the channel, we are bringing light and healing, and the more of us that sort of ripple that frequency onto our family, onto the next person in our community, that sort of sparks a new sense of peace within their body so that even though there's part of the world that is in fear, there's also this growing community that is standing in their power, standing in their abilities. They might be little baby empaths, little baby healers, stepping more into their abilities, but their their spark, their light is just rippling out more and more. So if we start to look at that, who are the people that are carrying that torch, how carrying that light? I feel there are so many more than that. It's just the noise of the fear is getting a bit more propaganda and media exposure. But there is, I know, so much more light out there. And I feel that there is a new wave of resurrection, of rebalance coming for the land, coming for the earth, so that we can restore its balance. Because at the moment, the fear is gaining a bit more momentum. But I see it as a seesaw. I feel like in the next 18 months, there'll be a much more of a tipping point towards the light. That's my, that's the guidance that I have. All right. Well, I'm going to hold on to that. I'm a tree hugger. I became a tree <laughs> hugger about, oh, about two and a half, three years ago, where I started meditating and grounding myself with a tree. I had no idea how much power there was and how much wisdom, um, because it is coming from the core, from the root. I can only imagine the trees there in Tasmania that have been there for centuries, um, the redwoods here in California, it was overwhelming. How did you find that? And, and, and what is the connection between us as living in this physical human shell and connecting with mother earth through nature? When I lived in Sydney, I was um, really pulled by all the torment of the city. I didn't realize I'm not very good in those major cities, and I'd go to the Blue Mountains, which is beautiful, oh, beautiful I know. place. With the, three, with the three sisters, right? That's it. That's it. Three <laughs> sisters. Yeah, and I'd feel so peaceful then. I didn't know what the calling was for the trees until I came to Tasmania. I think, why do I? Why am I here for the trees? Because <laughs> we we can talk to them. We can, as you said, hug them, touch them, and they they are so connected to the mycelium network underneath the root systems. They're connected to all the other trees. The trees have got that mother energy that are supporting each other as we connect to that. Our tap root also goes, our energetic root down into the earth is also filled with that peace and connection and that sense of belonging. So even though we may not feel like we belong with other people and perhaps in our family or community, we can always belong in the forest, in the bush. And yeah, the ancestral trees, you know, they are, as said, the redwoods, I think, you know, 4,000, 6,000 okay. years oh old, some God, of them. You can't even, you look up and you can't even see the sky. Yeah. They are absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah. And when we have uh, the wildfires, you guys, well, not. I don't yeah, know we've had, know. not quite here, but in other plates of Australia, Australia we had it, it, devastating. It's never going to go away. Yeah. You know, it just seems like it was going to burn forever. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was pretty hypnotic. Uh, very sobering too. You get a newfound appreciation for the earth at that time. So you have written this incredible book. Please share with my brains about it, what's inside the pages of it, and what you want readers to take away from it. 
It is my story of my awakening and the things that I struggled with and how I grew up with a narcissistic father and how empaths are often connected to those people that need healing and that we often bring in challenges and hurdles so that we are stepping into our greatest potential. So this book gives a guidepost to using different intuitive strategies, um, oracle card spreads and journal questions as well as insights to how you can overcome your own challenges and step into your greatest power. Often the things we fear the most are our greatest abilities. I couldn't speak, I was shut down. As a child, I had to always you know, be the pleaser and make sure everyone was fine. And over time, I was able to really um, express myself differently. I never thought I would be a writer. So all the things I never thought I could ever be, I've I've decided I did it because I wanted to help other people. I did it because I knew there were other kids out there like my son that had allergies and their parents were struggling. So it is about, you know, parents that had sensitive kids, intuitive kids mm -hmm. or indigo children or crystal children and also about what happens in an awakening and how you can support yourself to come back into your body and, yeah, really embody your gifts. That's what the earth is so important because we get to feel safe and trust our environment is okay, that we can start to nurture ourselves and regenerate our body in a better way. And and it just it just it's the arc of um the struggles into you know the epiphanies and how we are now becoming you know our grandparents for the future generations so we can support our our the next lineage going forward into a better way. So that we honour our gifts and that we're not suppressing them or hiding them anymore, that we can use them in for our health, our businesses, our our community in so many ways so that we are slowing down the ageing process, we can become more abundant and find a, a real sense of joy. So, yeah, this is my book to help those healers out there that feel like they don't have a guide perhaps they haven't found the answers so i have lots of different techniques in there to help them well again like i said they they absolutely love you um the word witch it's a negative connotation explain what that looks like in your context can you frame that for the person that might be afraid of the actual word without understanding the methodology the energy and the intention behind the work that witches do. Back in the dark ages, you know, the the church really used that word to, to suppress women that used herbs, that used oils or essences, that even cooked for their family. So it was a way to suppress women that had some ability or power, so that they could take that away for from women and ancestrally we have inherited that word of it is not safe to use your abilities you will be squashed you will be condemned you will be harmed in some way it it's detrimental so it's a way of keeping women suppressed and disconnected from their abilities but but it's twisted it's a twisted word because women were priestesses they were using their abilities to heal themselves heal their bodies heal their families and it so the positive lineage of that of working in the temples and being intuitive and doing meditation and heart and working with the cycles that was beautiful that kept women connected to themselves and harnessing 
the dreams and what would help their families. But we're moving beyond that word witch, which is, you know, deemed evil or sorcery or using spells to cast to, to manipulate. Um, it's all comes from the power of intention. If I work with the light, I work with my guides, I work with the spirit guides, I work with planetary guides, I'm always doing it from place of love. So it's always comes down to the intention behind it. Um, yeah, my always my intention is do no harm. And this is what I teach my clients in my community to come from that place. And then everything thrives. You are supported from that place. But yeah, we are carrying so many centuries of that dogma. Yeah. And even, you know, pictures. And it will just like here uh, in Louisiana, a lot of voodoo. Mm. Yeah. When I went to Louisiana, it was a magnetic energy that would pull me into the shops. And my husband goes, are you sure you want to enter there? And I was like, I have no choice. It's like, it's the power. And so I go in and I look at the different items. I listen to the teachers that are there. Um, I look at the deities, the candles, and I got an education that this is really where indigenous tribal people, this was the first stop after the slave trade. Mm. And they brought their culture of Africa and Cuba and um, Mexico, where they did not have the same religious values or um, beliefs that was here in Westernized. And they had to, as slaves, as oppressed individuals, had to take on and learn and adjust and acclimate and assimilate to something that was so foreign to them. So how are they able to merge the two? So voodoo also gets a bad rap, but blood sacrifice and uh, certain rituals and connecting with spirit and source is something that was native to them. So to come to the new world in bondage uh, by an oppressor, by being beat, by being shamed, by being taken away from your identity um, was traumatizing. So I can see, you know, I can see how that actually happened. So it gets a bad rap too. Um, me, I, you know, I travel in a different way, but I try to incorporate a lot of what I learned from each individual person, experience, um, and methodology, because that is what we are. We are the totality of this thing called earth and planet and mother earth and spirit. We're not one dimensional. So many people are just traveling in one lane, you know, and to get to their destination is a struggle because they don't know they're confused and they're fearful. What do you say to a person that's afraid? I love what you were saying about the voodoo um, because when you, ex I could really feel goosebumps coming through with that. I feel so powerful that your ancestors were shamans. They were connected to the cycles. They were connected to the elements and the, the ritual brings the mystical into the, into the physical. So I think those people that are afraid are disconnected from their mystical nature, from their intuitive nature. They, they, you know, we are all connected from shamanism, from, from this ability to be connected to the earth. The people that are fearful are disconnected. They are not in their body. They're living from their head. They're escaping out here and they're pulled in all different directions. 
So it's about coming back to the breath. Often we, when we pray or meditate, we'll go up and out, but we've got to learn to come back in, come bring the breath back into the body, connect up from the earth, breathe up from the earth, because it's so natural to go up out and out and escape. This is where we can astral travel or go through our dream state, but up there, so much contamination. So often the fear is not ours. We've absorbed other people's fears that keep us perpetually stuck. So that's my my first suggestion is breathe out anything that's not yours, that's not your fear. You don't need to carry that anymore because it just keeps you, yeah, sabotaging, not willing to move forward. Right, 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 right. So the connection, the inward connection. And yeah, as, as we like to say, keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't have yeah. to pour a lot into it. A lot of people think that they have to go, uh, they're afraid of meditation. Um because number one, they can't quiet the monkey mind. They always think that they have to be reacting or doing something instead of sitting in silence and receiving. Like you said, going inward, listening to the subconscious mind, listening to mother earth, um, taking those deep breaths because the breath is a gift. It was the very first gift that we got when we were born and it will be the last gift that is taken away when we transcend. Do you believe um, in reincarnation and of course. and other lives? Yes. Yes, I do too. Yes. Um, yeah. Past life regression can be traumatic for people too because they don't want to relive that. They're afraid. But you know what? You could have been, you know, Queen Nefertiti. <laughs> There's a lot of things that could have happened to you in a previous Good ones, life. yeah. Exactly, that were positive. Why do people always assume the negative? Is it again that fear factor, that unknown? We carry both the positive past lives as well as the negative. So I often clear the negatives to harness and access the, the positive ones through the Kashik records and going up into, you know, that temple space to, you know, release the trauma, you know, whether it was a witch or whether it was a voodoo life. So that that is holding trapped memories, trapped experience that often they can't access the positive Nefertiti or Cleopatra lives where they were standing in their power. So, but you don't have to go into it and really feel the trauma. It's an easy process to release that so that you can be living in the highest state of when you did use your gifts and you were abundant and you were well-resourced and happy. So it's not a difficult process to do. But often our body's still holding some of the memories and the trauma of that. So that's where you can get a lot of physical symptoms or illnesses or pain in the body. They, If you've tried to clear something from this life, often it has a link to the ancestors and past lives. So yeah, I find really useful tools to be able to connect them up so that it's just an easy transition out of that. May Angela, I could talk to you for hours. You are absolutely incredible. I see why they love you so much. <laughs> Thank you, April in your region please tell my brains how to get in contact with you if they want to work with you brains you can work with her it's a point and a click i'm in san diego she's in tasmania all you gotta do is get on zoom uh, and also purchase a copy of the book here it is <laughs> mystic woman's compass love for you to buy it and share with a friend i'm at alchemia a-l-k-y-m-a-a -A, just like the alchemist alchemia.com.au
brains, go in and take a look. Um, explore the unknown. Feel the fear, yet do it anyway. You don't know what you don't know. You want to be awakened. And that's what I want to do. I want to wake you up right here on the, on the edge. Be sure to like, love, share, and subscribe. Like, love, share, and subscribe. Go in, uh, check out other edgy conversations. We've got great people from all over the world that are trying to bring you into the light out of darkness. Thank you so much, and welcome, uh, welcome to the world. Thank <laughs> you.